Happy Friday! Welcome to Simply Remarkable, where you will learn how to be and live remarkable as well as some great information from our guest today. Now, it's a fall Friday and we're ready to end daylight savings time. So tomorrow night, remember, set your clocks back and you get some extra sleep. Now, to begin, why we began this show, it's hosted by Remarkable, a speaker's bureau. Why we began it was we wanted you to meet the talent that we represent at Remarkable in a really personal way and learn how to be and live remarkable just as they are doing. And you just might want to have them at your next event. Now, today I'm so excited to have as our guest, the amazing Kenyon Sallow. Now he is one of the top international keynote speakers and trainers in the fields of leadership, inspiration, and adventure. And he has spoken to over 300,000 people. Yeah. He's also a professional skydiver. And he's a member of the Denver Broncos Thunderstorm Skydive Team. Now, he brings a unique and unforgettable and memorable experience to any event. I can assure you of that. Welcome, Kenyon. We're so glad to have you today. Let's go, Sue. This is so awesome. I'm excited to be here. We are thrilled to have you. And Kenyon today is coming from Denver. <laughs> and we're glad that you got up for us, okay? Thank you so much for doing that. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, we're ready to begin and to start with Kenyon. Let me ask you this. Where did you grow up? And what were you like as a kid? So actually, I was born in Boulder, Colorado, and I've lived all over the world and I've uh, been able to do some amazing things. But as a kid, I was the one that was always like, how far can I jump my bike or what type of adventure or mischief could I get into? Just constantly exploring and whether it was running around on the roof of the building that I lived in or being able to build skateboard ramps or BMX bike ramps or just hanging out with my friends, climbing through the trees, tree courses, all those things. It was a big part of my first years up until the age of 15. And then what happened is there was a combination because as I was doing things like uh, jumping into the river during the hot summer days and then doing that from a train bridge that was 35 feet and there was another section that was 70 feet. And I love doing those things, but the other thing that I found that I was doing was trying to teach and help others do the same. So like, for example, the train bridge, it's 35 feet into the water and I would easily jump off of it or dive off of it or do a flip into the water. But someone who had never done it before would be nervous. And I would sit there and I would spend the time to just help them go through the process, just like walk through the process, visualize the process. And then when they would actually jump, like celebrate them, be like, yeah, you did it. That's amazing. And just to see the joy in their face. And I was doing this in my mid teenage years. And that's something that has just continued to happen throughout my entire life. The joy of exploring new things, challenging myself beyond places that really make me nervous 
and then helping others do the same. Now, I don't expect them to jump off a bridge or jump out of a plane or jump off a cliff or, or whatever that adventure is. But there is an association where they can transfer that same knowledge into whatever they want to do. And so I really enjoy that breakthrough and then the celebration side of things for people. Wow. You know, to be able to have that sense of adventure and feel like you can bring that then to an event, I can see that correlation there. I can see how you took that and made it into who you are today. That is, that is so key. Now I understand, you know, at first it was like, how did he do that? You know, did you just suddenly wake up and um, want that sense of adventure? But people are sharing with us that they like to jump in the river too, but probably not from 35 feet. And they're also saying, yes, you do bring this to an event. So that's exciting. Because let me tell you, when I first met you, it was pretty exciting adventure. And so that was that was our uh, conversation to begin with. Like, how did you do this? How did you get into that? But then how did that translate then into skydiving? How did that work? Well, it was a natural progression. So in high school, it was skateboarding. And then I lived on the East Coast in New Hampshire. So it would start to snow. And this was before snowboarding was, was a thing. It was just starting. Like, I would have to call the resorts and say, do you allow snowboarding? And some would say yes, and some would say no. But eventually... I said, I'm going to move to Colorado. So basically, again, I'd lived all over, born in Colorado, but was living on the East Coast. And my dream was to move back to Colorado and do snowboarding. And I became a professional snowboarder in uh, the mid-90s, which was great. And then that naturally transitioned into what else? And I went and started skydiving. But the thing is, is the way it happened was, is a friend of mine had walked into uh, one of my best buds houses and said, I just did a skydive. And I was like, where? And I said, I have to try it. And so I went and I did it, but I knew that I was going to not just do it once, but I knew that I was going to take this as far as I could. I didn't know what was available out there, but I just knew that skydiving was going to be my thing. And that was in 1998. So almost 25 years now and 8,000 jumps later. And the thing was, is that I just went and did it. And it's a lot of the things that I share from the stage because what I really want people to do is just say yes. I want them to say yes. And it's so hard because people, they have challenges when they say yes because they're worried about time or money or finances um, and or responsibilities and fear. They're worried about these things that come up for them. And I just want them to say yes and then let the how figure itself out later. Say yes. Let the how figure itself out later, which is exactly what I did. I said, yes, I went and did a skydive and I let the how to find the money, to find the time, to be able to put the energy into it, to handle the fear. I mean, jumping out of an airplane. I remember the very first time I jumped out of an airplane, the door opened and I grabbed the, the seat of the pilot. It was a really small Cessna 172, only room for four people. And I grabbed the seat because I didn't want to fall out. But that's kind of the point is falling out of the plane. That's what skydiving is. But I was nervous. Like, what if I fall out? And uh, and so I did it. And then I kept going. And so skydiving has been a core part of who I am, what I've accomplished, what I share, and how I'm able to give back to the world because of that underlying thing of just jumping out of planes. 
Wow. <laughs> I know you have challenged me to jump out of a plane. Um, that could be on my bucket list or maybe not. We're not still sure. Okay. You've, you've convinced me I could do it. I just have to say, okay, I'm willing to fall out. All right. So yes. that, that could be an adventure. Uh, that uh, is one of those things for me. But now when you skydived, you won a lot of recognition. A lot of things happened there. Then how did you then translate all that into a speaking and training career? How did that happen? Well, so every one of us on the earth has something that they're a genius at, like a talent, whether it's math or language or communication or music or physical abilities. There's something that we all resonate with. And we say, okay, that was our natural level. And the thing there was physical for me, but one of the biggest things for me was communication. That communication was at the heart of who I am and what I'm supposed to do and understanding about how to be able to relate that to others. And so everything that I've done, if I look back in my life and I say, what's the common thread in my entire life? And it all comes down to the basic fact of, I love to communicate what I've learned and be able to teach and train others. And so again, whether that was jumping off bridges or helping others in their businesses or being able to help people get to that next level in life, inspiration and motivation, it all came together. And I do believe that when we show up on stage that we have to be 100% authentic. I had a mentor tell me long ago that said, I study speakers and trainers, not when they're on stage, but when they're off of the stage. And especially when they don't know anyone else is looking. And I think that's absolutely key because then it's 360 degrees of transparency. Is the speaker showing up on stage exactly how they show up in life? And I believe that if they aren't showing up in life the way they show up on stage, then the audience knows. They kind of understand that there's some sort of BS. They, 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 call the aud they call the speaker out subconsciously. And so I think it's really, really important to be able to live in that transparency and live in that authenticity all the time. And so what happened was, is I took the communication. I took the authenticity, I took all my adventures, I took my understanding of video creation and knowledge, and then the studying of comedians and performers, and all of the what happens on stage. And then I brought it into a keynote to make it what I believe is an absolute performance. And that's really what I think keynotes need to be these days, is that it is a delivery that the audience members are constantly thinking, I don't know what's next, but I can't wait to see what happens next or hear what happens next or feel what happens next. And that's what's really important. And that's how basically I brought my whole life into showing up on stage and then delivering that to the audience. And you certainly do that well because that engages everybody from the event planner <laughs> that brought you there to the total audience. And then you give us just enough so that we'd want to see you again. You know, it's not yes. like it's a one-time thing. And uh, that's what I found about you was that you were authentic. You are just like you are, <laughs> you know, on camera or off. And during COVID, how did you then transfer? You were used to being on stage, big as life, 
because we do you do a lot of amazing things on stage as well how did you pivot then during covid to be able to do virtual and bring the same excitement the same experience and engagement you know sue really what it comes down to is in life we have to update in real time with what we have so for me, as I skydive into every single one of the Denver Bronco home games, those home games, when I jump in, people say, how do you do it? How, after hundreds and hundreds of jumps, even though there's, it might be winds or weather or different varying conditions or cables, lights, it's at night, it's during the day, whatever it is. I always say that the best jumpers that jump into that stadium, we have to update in microseconds, in milliseconds, meaning that we feel it as we're making these high performance turns and we're coming in at 70 miles an hour. And if something happens, if the right side of the canopy collapses a little bit, and all of a sudden I feel this just like turbulence as I go past the rim of the stadium and into towards the field, we have to update and we have to do that in milliseconds to be able to land safely on the field. And how does that transfer into what showed up for us during COVID and having to go virtual? The basic scenario is that the people that made a successful pivot in whatever industry vertical they're in, they had to update with what they had. They said, okay, this is what's going on. This is what we need to do in order to change based on the information we know now. And that's the thing is we don't know the information in the future. We can only assess the information in the present. And so as I was assessing, all of what was going on at first, it was like, okay, it's going to be only this long, or it should only go through the summer or, or whatever. So I was kind of in that, like, let's just see what happens. And then I said, wait a minute, we're going to be in this for the long haul. Let's make a pivot. And immediately I met with my team and I said, what do we need to do? Okay. Instead of just like setting up a studio every single day, I said, let's go full time into this. And we set up lights and cameras and proper sound and a production area that my producer can see the end result and be able to manage all of those things even so much as to having a smoke machine and also a a full-on edm disco lights that come on and all of that is designed in such a way so that we could bring the performance via virtual to the audience as best as possible considering that we couldn't do it live from the stage because I'm known for my energy. And so how is it that the energy comes through the cameras to the virtual audience? And, and that was like, oh, well, how do I do that? And we solved it and we figured it out and, be, and we made it virtual. But the thing was, is we had to pivot and we had to pivot in real time and we had to go all in. And so we built this amazing studio so that we could do that and deliver through the rest of 2021 and even into 2022 when there were still some awesome virtual events happening. And you did that very, very well. And also I see uh, what we're looking at a lot today is virtuals here to stay. It's not going away, uh, even though, you know, it's less, but I think there's certainly still you have learned all the things that it takes to be able to do that. So do you think that virtual is here to stay? Absolutely. And we're going to go through phases in that. And I, you know, I said it before 
that I believe virtual is the future and it's becoming easier and it's becoming more awesome. And as I'm seeing some of the comments come in and you guys are awesome. I love your avatar profiles and also just the, the relation to people understanding like, okay, I get you, you get me. This is perfect on what we want. And I love that. And I think that's the thing about virtual because here's the scenario where we're doing a virtual delivery where it used to just be audio or it was on the three channels that TV was a long time ago. And now here we are doing virtual delivery. And while we're communicating, we're also getting real-time feedback from the guests. And then once people see this later on from the recordings and things like that, they're able to again receive the information and then through virtual communications, be able to connect with speakers and moderators and guests and all of those things. And so there will be different versions. And yes, did we all go through virtual burnout? That place where it was like, whoa, okay, that's enough. And I want to sit at my desk anymore. And I need to go out and I need to see someone in person. And I just want to say hello. And we get to do that again by being on stage. But now there's also hybrid where we're delivering from the stage in real time. And they're also delivering that same feed through a hybrid virtual world. And so, again, I think speakers that are able to be malleable and be able to do both is absolutely key. And that's why it's important to me to be able to continue to have that ability for these audiences. And I totally agree. I totally agree. Now, your main keynote and training theme is living your bucket list life. (laughs) Don't say that real quick. You know, I have to make sure that I say it uh, so that I give you the credit. Now, how did you choose that theme and continue with it? How did that work? Well, again, knowing that I wanted to be a speaker, if we go way back, of course, I love, you know, people like Tony Robbins and other amazing trainers and leadership. One day I'm going to be able to be in front of audiences. But the hardest thing for most people who want to speak from the stage is understanding what their platform is. What's their message? Like some people are like, I'm going to be a leadership speaker. Well, what are you going to talk about? Leadership. Well, how are you going to deliver it to make it your own? And there's nothing real, really new under the sun. It's just a different way of delivering the message. And I didn't know what my exact message was. I knew it wanted to include adventure and... At first, I thought I was going to be serious all the time, but my authenticity came out, which was like, I love being funny. I love humor from the stage. I love making audiences laugh. And so eventually what happened was I found my platform and it was sort of a business model I was working on, which was like, I just want to help people check off bucket list items. But then as I started to dig into it, I said, well, it's not just about like doing stuff and it's not like you have to jump out of planes or climb tall mountains or raft down big rivers because everybody's bucket list is different. It could be writing a book or learning to play an instrument or being able to just see something that is personal to them. Travel is a big one. Love and relationships is huge. And as I dialed it down, I realized that there were three main things that people wanted in their lives. And one, they wanted to create more experiences. They wanted to be able to feel alive again and feel that inner child, but it was scary, but they wanted to create more experiences. This life is an experience, but that's about self. So the second thing that people really, really wanted 
was to share more stories. And that's what we're doing right now. We're sharing stories, we're connecting. And that's what happens when people get together as they share stories. They might go to an event and see speakers from the stage, but one of the things that they, the audiences love about their big events or their, their travel to events or any event they go to is they get to see people in the hallway. They get to t- talk to people at their tables or at lunch or at happy hour. And they love sharing those stories. And so sharing more stories is about friends and family. It's about the glue that keeps us together. And then the third thing, which is why I believe that we're on this planet. And the biggest thing is live more fulfilled. But and how do we do that? Well, we do it by helping others. And that's the biggest thing is we're on this planet to help others. It's We want to be in a place of service, help others, make a difference in this world, know that we're leaving some sort of legacy. And that ultimately is about community. And community can have a ripple effect. That helping others can have a ripple effect that can go all the way around the entire world. So when I realized that those were the three core things that I wanted to share, keep it very, very simple, share those three things from the stage, put in a adventure, sound effects, videos, um, uh, humor, and just super dynamics and leave the audience feeling empowered to go out there and say, yes, I was in. And I knew I could create around that framework. And you certainly do. <laughs> We've got people that have seen you sharing with us. And we're also saying, oh, wow, we can't wait to see you. So that is the key here that we want to make sure that people know there is value in sharing your stories and what you've created here. So this is this is amazing that we can take that. And everyone does because I've seen those reviews. Yes. They they've changed. You're changing lives. You know, it's it's that impactful. You're changing companies, how they foresee things, and so that's been amazing to see that uh, in in your performances. I mean, it is it is like none other. Now, I also know a really fun thing is that you're known as the James Bond character of speaking. Now, how did that come to be? How did you get that title? Well, you know, it's a bit of marketing, but again, <laughs> it's, try, it's it's that understanding like, okay, how do we separate ourselves from a sea where everything blends in? And inspiration, motivation, some of the top two uh, topic verticals in the speaking world. And I said, okay, so, who am I? Which is a big question to ask any anybody who asks themselves like, well, who am I? Like, how do you explain that to other people? And I love James Bond movies. And I remember a friend of mine had taken some photos and we ended up in this place where I was like on these train tracks in a suit with the pair of sunglasses just hanging out of my hand. And, and I was kind of kneeling down and my friend snapped this photo and everybody responded on social media like, ooh, James Bond, James Bond. And I was like, Oh, okay. And then so I looked up James Bond and I start, well, who is he? How does he show up? And some of the things that came to mind is he's humorous. He's also well-dressed. He's a great communicator. He's adventurous, not uh, afraid to take a chance if he needs to. He also is not infallible. Like he's human. He said, I'm going to make mistakes and I'm going to solve them along the way. Great with technology along those lines. 
And people admire him. They want to be like him or be around him and those types of things. So really what I realized was those were the things that I wanted the event planners to understand and the audience members. It's also a great way in the intro video, the James Bond of speaking. People are like, okay, what am I about? What am I about to see? They sort of know, but they don't know. And it's really, again, that authenticity living into that. And all of that stuff transfers to the stage. Again, the humor, the technology, being able to deliver these high quality keynotes. And that part where I'm not infallible, if something happens, then I'll just keep going with the flow. It's all part of about being life and uh, that, that process. And it is, it really is. And that persona just comes through. It just absolutely does. Now, can you believe time flies when you're having fun, right? I mean, Always. it really does. <laughs> I mean, but we will have you back. Definitely. Oh, that'd be wonderful. But in closing, I have a question for you that everybody is always asking us. And I said, that's what Remarkable is all about. But the question is, Kenyon, what are you going to do today to be remarkable? Absolutely. The biggest thing and the opportunity we have is to be able to make a difference in someone's life. And I also like the ability to be challenged. So here you are, Sue, you're challenging me. You're saying, hey, how will you be remarkable today? And we are like, well, I do this and I do that. And well, I have my checklist and I think that's remarkable that I made it through the day. But I love challenges. And so what I'm going to do here is because of this challenge, I'm just going to reach out to two people that I haven't talked to in a long time. And I'm just going to let them know why they are important to me and how they made a difference in my life. And I'm just going to send them a note, send them an email or a text or whatever it is. I just, I'm going to basically honor them and let them know that in, in its simplest form, that they made a difference in who I am and how I lead my life. And I believe everybody impacts you along the way. So I have plenty of people to choose from and I'm going to make that happen. And that's how I'm going to be remarkable today. Wow. That, that gives us all a challenge, doesn't it? And that's my challenge to everyone viewing this on our live chat or when it's rebroadcast. My challenge to you today is what are you going to do to be remarkable? Leave it in the chat for us here. We'd love to hear it or give us a comment because that sounds like it could be a book, right? We are, you know, we never know where, where things lead and we're wanting to make sure that we keep that focus, right, of how what, what we are authentically doing in our lives and in this world today. Thanks so much, Kenyon, for sharing your heart, your excitement, your enthusiasm that just shows. It just reflects right on, and you know how to do that. And that's the wonderful thing, and you help others do that as well. Now, that uh, again... It's a pleasure to do this show. We've just had uh, so many great things happen. And I hope everyone here will join us next week because next Friday, November the 11th is Veterans Day. And we will have the remarkable international suicide prevention keynote speaker, Frank King. Now it's not gonna be a downer. It's gonna be information, but Frank is a comedian. 
He's a worldwide comedian. So we're going to address it in a form that you won't want to miss. And we want to make sure that you visit and subscribe to our YouTube channel because all of our episodes of this show will reside there. So if you can't forget anything that some of our uh, talent has shared with you and you want to go back, you have a place to go at our YouTube channel. So please subscribe there so you won't miss a thing. And we have made sure that all the previous episodes are there so you can have everything. And I wish for each of you a remarkable fall weekend. Remember, it's the end of daylight savings time tomorrow night. So don't forget that so you get some extra rest tomorrow night. And we will see you all next Friday.